This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. seated for just a moment. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome to Passion Church. We're glad that you're here. I'm Pastor Norris, the lead pastor here. And I want to wish you all a very merry and joyous and Jesus-filled Christmas. Amen. Amen. Brother Walt said he's the reason for the season, isn't he? That's the reason that we do. We enjoy all the other festivities and things, but our center and circumference, it's all about Jesus. You know, we give gifts. Why do we give gifts? Because the Father gave the greatest gift. Isn't that true? And it's a wonderful season to give as an expression of love. I know a lot of people are on the road and out of town, but I'm so glad that you were able to be here this morning. And we welcome you. If you are here, maybe you're here with family or something. You're in town visiting family and you're here this morning. We're so glad that you're here. And we say, uh, uh, God bless you. And uh, we trust that God's going to speak to your life and touch your life this morning through the message and just through the presence of God, the love of God that we all share with one another. As we prepare to give this morning of our tithes and offerings, you know, uh, uh, Brother Walt was talking about that all this year that God's been good to us, hasn't he? You know, a lot of times people talk to me and say, well, Pastor, you know, I thought, you know, if... If we were believers and we had God in our lives that, you know, we'd never have a problem. with, We'd never go through difficult times or, or sadness or anything. Well, I, I wish I could tell you that, but that's not true. But the thing is, is we don't have to go through it just by ourselves anymore. That's what the wonderful thing is about it. Is that we have someone who is unseen but very present in our lives. And he has said he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Isn't that true? And so every day of our life, God is giving to us out of His great storehouse of love and grace and mercy. So we have an opportunity to give back. So this morning as you prepare to give, remember what Jesus said. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, we all love to receive. I do too. You know, tomorrow morning... Uh, you know, maybe some of you do a Christmas Eve. Some people, you know, they exchange presents Christmas Eve. Well, whether you do it today or tonight or in the morning, you know, we're going to be around our house. We'll be giving and receiving presents. And, you know, it's wonderful. We all like to, to receive things. 
but the most wonderful thing is is to give and to see our gift you know impact somebody's life whether it's just you know some clothes or something on a very low level or whether it's something that we give to them that's much more eternal we give them love we give them grace we give them the story about Jesus so as you prepare to give this morning first of all I want to say thank you for giving and uh, you know and remember this Jesus made this promise he said to everyone that gives it's going to be given back to you Isn't that what he said good measure Pressed down, shaking together, and what? Running over. I'm glad that God's a running over God. He's not just a barely get by God. Aren't you glad for that? God's been good to me this year. He's been very good to me. And I'm so happy I got some of my family here today. That makes me happy. Uh, you know, because I don't, you know, kids are all grown up. You know how that goes. You don't get to see them as often as you'd like. But I'm so thankful for that. And uh, I'm thankful for you, too. You are so faithful and so good. Uh, If you're giving this morning, just hold your gift there. We're going to pray over it. If you're here this morning visiting us, uh, you know, little red and white cards or uh, 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 guest cards are available. If you'd like uh, to receive uh, someone to reach out to you, which will be me, uh, via email or some other way that you choose, I'd love to recognize uh, your visit here and say thank you. If you're looking for a church home, love to meet with you and share a little bit about who Passion Church is and what we're all about. But we're so glad that you're here. Let's pray. Father, thank you today that today we celebrate in this season the greatest gift that's ever been given, the gift of your son, Jesus. Father, you said that you so loved the world that you gave. You gave your only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We're so grateful for that. And for all of the things, Lord, that you have blessed us and seen us through this year, we're grateful. Now we, we give back to you and we ask as you receive this gift, Lord, that it will be uh, a gift that is well-pleasing because we give it from a heart of love and gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time. Make it big. 
Tag it, tag it, tag it. Tag it. Sleep. Guys, let me get on out here where I can see you better. Well, how's everybody this Christmas Eve? I hope you're doing well. I hope you have an expectation for next year. Amen. You know, as good as this year has been, I'm expecting even bigger and better things in 2018. Isn't that right? We know the principle in the Scriptures is that God always saves the best toward the last. It gets better and better, you know. I'm glad we're not on a downward turn. We're on an upward uh, incline, amen, in God. So, you know, you need to be expecting. You know, I, I was thinking about this Scripture. You know, the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It does, doesn't it? Uh, you know, I've had... My share of disappointment and battle discouragements in life, probably like most of you. And I'm telling you, those times, if you lose your hope, boy, I tell you, that's a, that's a deep, dark well to go into. You're going to keep your hope alive and strong. Today, I'm going to, we're talking about all this month, been talking about the wonderful name of Jesus, because that's what this season is about for us who are believers, who are, are Christians and believers and and even many people maybe who are not believers, they are aware of this season about the birth of Jesus. I wanna, today I want to talk about the fact of the Word made flesh or Jesus coming into the earth and what really that is all about. And I want to start by reading a couple of scriptures out of Isaiah. It says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Watch. The young lady is conceiving a child and will give birth to a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Isaiah 9, he says, For unto us a child is born, uh, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And he is all that and more to us as we... uh, celebrate the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. And uh, if you have uh, your Bible with you there on your phone or if you brought uh, your Bible with you, but whichever way you have it there, uh, look in John's Gospel, chapter 1. We're talking about the Word made flesh today, the Word made flesh. A couple of scriptures out of John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And in verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we see what he's talking about here is that Jesus 
is the embodiment of God's salvation for mankind. All throughout the ages, God made promises. He said, we just read from Isaiah, which was several hundred years before the birth of Jesus, where God is giving a promise about His Son. He said, there is a Redeemer coming. There is a child coming. There is someone coming who is going to be the very embodiment of the words and the promises that I have spoken to you. And you know, a promise is good, but the reality of the promise is even better, isn't it? It's wonderful to have a promise, but you know, a promise that never comes, you know, to fruition, I mean, after a while, you can give up hope. But God says, Jesus is the very embodiment of that. There was a time come... Long ago in Bethlehem, when Jesus was born, and He was the embodiment of all that God had promised mankind down through the ages, that He was sending someone, He was sending His Son, and through His Son, mankind could come back into right relationship with God. And that's really what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not about a set of rules and regulations. It's not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's all about us coming back into a right relationship with God through faith in His Son. And that's really what it's about. And then every day we walk that out. Isn't that right? Every day we're walking it out. How many of you know we're not perfect yet? I know a couple of you are close. The rest of us are still working on it. But it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means that there's a right relationship with God now. And you know, and I'm so glad that it's a personal relationship, aren't you? It's not just faith in some doctrine or some rules or some men that lived long ago. It's a living relationship with a living God. So really, this is what he's talking about. Jesus, the Word made flesh, is the embodiment. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, if you have seen me, speaking of himself, he said, you've seen the Father. So the words, the actions, all that Jesus did, all that he embodied, he is still doing. He is still that same person. But he said, if you see that, he said, now you know what God the Father is like. And so I'm so glad that today I can... Uh, encourage you and encourage myself when we talk about the wonderful name of Jesus, we talk about the person of Jesus, that He is a living deity, He is a living uh, personality, He is a, a living Savior, not just an historical figure. There's a lot of people, you know, that look at Jesus just as an historical figure, you know, like, you know, like Buddha or like somebody else that lived. Well, he certainly was an historical figure, that's for sure, but he was more than that. The Word made flesh. He says he was a living Word full of grace and truth. You know what Christianity is about? It's about grace and truth. It's not about, as I said, it's not about rules and regulations. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about grace and truth. How do we come back into a right relationship with God is by grace and truth. Amen? And truth, you know, truth is, is, like a, is kind of a two-edged sword. That's what the Scriptures call it, isn't it? But it's true. Truth can cut you when, you know, when truth, sometimes when truth comes forth, we don't always immediately want to accept it, do we? Because sometimes we've had our own opinion, our own way of doing things. 
but I'm so glad that because, you know, of a willingness to accept truth, then the other side of that is what? Is that truth also has the ability to what? Jesus says to set you free. What do we mean by that? That means what? That number one, we come back into a right understanding of God and man and the relationship that He desires for us to have. Notice it says grace. Grace is revealing the forgiving love and the mercy of God toward men. Jesus came. He said, he said you know, I, I quoted a minute ago, I quoted John 3.16, but John 3.17 says, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him, through Jesus, might be saved. Now, sometimes, you know, that word saved or the, that church talk, we don't understand. It just means this, what, that we come back into a right relationship with God. And that's really what it's all about. You know, uh, I own an automobile, and with that automobile came an owner's manual. Now, you know, in the, the newer cars nowadays, you know, all of the, a lot of that's electronically. You don't even have a manual anymore. It's just all, you know, you, you push a button and it pulls it up on the screen, and you look at it all electronically, digitally. But every vehicle comes with an owner's manual, doesn't it? You, if you buy a new vehicle, it's going to come with an owner's manual. And in that owner's manual, uh, you know, because the, the, the person that built that and created it, they can tell you exactly what you need to do to maintain it in good operating order, don't they? can't they? And also it lets you know if you, you know, if you get a check engine light or if you get some kind of you know, light coming up there, it lets you know how to resolve the problem. Isn't that right? Now, you can be stubborn, and when that light comes on, you can say, mm, put a piece of paper over it. I don't see it. I'm not looking at it. I think it's okay. And then you're going to be calling AAA or, some, or a friend or somebody to come help you because your car is going to break down on the side of the road because you ignored what the owner, the people who built it, you ignored the creator or the builders of that thing. You ignored their instruction. You ignored their truth. And you can do that. But there are consequences when you do. Isn't that true? And, the, and the, Jesus came so that He could restore us back to the owner's specifications. I know on my vehicle, I can go down, I can scroll down through my, uh, you know, through the little uh, menu on there, and I can hit a button, and it says, we'll restore to factory specifications. And I hit that button, and I, I see, you know, the little line, you know, build, 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 build. Then it says, okay, everything's set back. And really, this is what it's all about. Jesus came to help us, what, reset <laughs> the, 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 the owners, the factory specifications, which means what? We come back into right relationship with God. He gets everything in order. Because until then... We really don't know who we are. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what our purpose is. Thank you for those two nods. Grace revealing the forgiving love. Truth revealing mankind's, listen, insoluble problem, which is what? A sin problem. The sin problem and God's wisdom to create a solution. Real quickly, let's look in Romans 5. Romans 5, verse 12. Let's look over here. 
Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, what's that man? Adam. God created man. He gave man free choice. Man chose to rebel against God and God's purpose. That was the entrance of what the Bible calls sin. Sin is something that separates us from God. See, we, man was made for God. We are made to have a right relationship with God. That's when everything is set to the original factory specifications. That's when things work right. That's when we have peace. That's when we have purpose. That's when all of the abilities that God's given us mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, all of those things come together. And there is a reflection in our life of God's presence there in our life. That's where we re- achieve our full potential is when we come back into right relationship with God. And he said, just as sin came and death through sin, and the way of death came to all men because everyone is sin. And he goes on to say, uh, for the, before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account where there is no law. Now, I shared this with you before. We lived... There was a time when Cindy and I, we were living in Argentina. And uh, one of the wonderful things about that country, many wonderful things, but when you're traveling in between cities, there is no speed limit. You probably like that, said. <laughs> so, you know, when you're, when you're out there traveling on the roads, you never gave a thought to a speeding ticket. Because what? There was no law against it. There was no law. If there was no law, there can be no penalty. If there can be no penalty, you don't have to, there can be no fear of it. So, I mean, you know, if your car can do 120, go for it. Of course, you saw some tremendous wrecks when you saw one, you know, because two people going at about 90 or 100 miles an hour, if they had a wreck, it was a doozy. But that's what he's saying here. He said, said where there is no law. How can there, there can't be a penalty, isn't that right? He said, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not condemn, who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, which was Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of one's man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Justification just means to be brought back in right standing. You know, long, long, years ago when we all had a checkbook, anybody still have a checkbook? Okay. Well, for us who still have chest, check, uh, a checkbook, you know, we used to have to justify the checkbook, hopefully once a month at least, or balance the checkbook. But it was, we, we justified it. In other words, both columns had to even out. Isn't that right? Because if, if you were in, you know, if, how many of you know if, you, if your outgo exceeds your income, it'll become your downfall? <laughs> so you had to justify it. That's all this is saying. It's just, in other words, bring it back into what? Right balance. Because see, sin is like a debt that you owe. But by one man, Jesus, he what? He balanced out 
everybody's checkbook, so to speak. said, the gift of one, the judgment followed one sin and, and, and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the tra- trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of right standing reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? This is what really, what Christmas is really about. You know, in our house, you know, we love Christmas. We, we have a, a Christmas tree. We have it decorated up. We do all those kind of things. We enjoy it. You know, we love it. But you know what? We know what Christmas is really all about. It's about God sending His Son, the Word made flesh, that we might become right with God. By that I mean back in right standing with God. Having a personal, living relationship with God. You know... I've had people, you know, ask me through the years, you know, well, I just don't get it. How can you just go out here with blind faith? I said, it's not blind faith. It's not blind faith. It is a relationship. Because we that believe receive the Spirit of God, and there's a fellowship and there's a relationship with God. It's not a blind faith and a set of rules that were written 2,000 years ago. It's a living faith in a living God that is present in my life right now. That's what Jesus is all about. It's God's life in man. Or what the Bible calls eternal life. It is God's life in man. Let's read about this over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going we're gonna to have family communion here in just a moment. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 24. We're going to start right there. <clears throat> well, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10 first. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. <clears throat> Is not the cup of thanksgiving... For which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ, and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. For there is one loaf, we who are many, there are, are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. You know, in just a few few minutes we're going to have family communion, and he talks about the blood and the body here of Christ. And we know this when Jesus went to the cross for us. He shed His blood. The blood was shed. And the Bible says that that blood was shed what, that our sins might be forgiven and that we could be brought in right stead with God. Now we know the Scripture says that the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. Isn't that true? We know that's true in the natural, don't we? Life is in the blood. You know, somebody gets a blood disorder, they can tell you real quick, life is in the blood. You can get a, a transfusion that, that can, can save your physical life. Isn't that true? So life is in the blood. It's the same thing is true here spiritually. Life is in the blood. And when Jesus, who was a sinless, spotless Son of God, gave, shed His blood, it was what? The giving of His life for you and I so that our sins could be forgiven. Now, here's the thing. You know, God is so wise because 
He cannot just look the other way for sin. He can't just say, okay, I'm just going to pretend that nobody has sinned. Because he is a righteous and just God. So he had a conundrum. He had to be able to do what his heart yearned to do, which was to forgive man and bring him back into right standing, but at the same time not violate his own righteous character. So how was he going to do one without violating the other? Because if I just say, okay, I'm just going to overlook it all, then he's no longer the righteous God that we hear about and read about in the Scriptures. But because he had a plan, he sent his son, he shed his blood, and the giving of that life, what, allowed God to what? Forgive us. Because in Jesus, the Bible says, every sin was put upon him. And he paid the price for every sin that every man who's ever lived committed. You say, how did God do that? I don't know. I don't know how a brown cow eats green grass and gives white milk either, but I enjoy the milk. You say, yeah, but we can Google that nowadays. I know. But, you know, we, ex- we, we accept by faith. That's the starting point, isn't it, is faith. The Bible says without faith, you can't come to God. That's the starting place. That's the starting place. So he says the blood and the flesh, what? Represents what? The body of Jesus that was broken for us. It was broken for us. This is the gift that Jesus and the, and the Father have given to us. And at Christmas time. We celebrate, yes, the coming of Jesus, but the purpose for His coming. And the purpose for His coming is so that you and I could be set in right relationship with God. Right relationship with God. You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, we used to call them name droppers. You know, if they knew somebody that was famous or something, well, you know, and they, you know, they're in a conversation and they, you know, they talk, you know, they, they drop a name, you know, uh, whoever it might be that's famous or popular or, or a, a successful business person, and we kind of we're talking and we just kind of drop that name like you know we're somebody because we know them. Well, it's you know it's great to know some people like that. It's wonderful to know people who are successful like that. But how much more is it that we have a relationship and can know God and can know God? Because to maneuver through life, this is what Sin and I found, to maneuver through life, there's a whole lot of mystery about life. I don't care if you've got four PhDs, there's a whole lot of mystery still about life. You know, and I'm, I'm grateful for the, you know, the advance in knowledge, you know. I'm, I'm one of those that I don't, I don't believe that, you know, science and knowledge are contrary to God. It's just that sometimes we don't have... The, the wisdom to connect the two. You know, but it do, doesn't bother me, you know. Uh, you know, we think about, you know, Google and all that and all the records they got on us and all the digital records and all the information and everything that, you know, that can be stored digitally nowadays. But, you know, the Bible has said for centuries, you know, that God's got all our hairs numbered in His databank. 
He's got everything that you said and everything you've done in his data bank. Can you imagine what a data bank he's got? We say, oh, man, God's old-fashioned. No, I'm telling you what, we're still trying to catch up to him. Can you imagine the data bank he's got? Wow. I don't know how many people have lived, but there's been a lot of them. And I know I've lost a few hairs, so I know he's keeping up with mine. <laughs> Isn't that true? Sure. I say, oh, you know, you know, we don't have to speak in Elizabethan, you know, for things to be true. You know, God, it, it's okay, you know, we can talk Southern or wherever you're from. God understands that. Or French, or Russian, or Chinese. You know, I tell people all the time, God must really love the Chinese people. Look how many there are. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah, get rid of your prejudice. Come on. Get over it. God's a God of diversity. Aren't you glad? I mean, I like vanilla ice cream, but boy, I'm glad there are other flavors too. Chocolate's pretty good. Isn't that right? Pistachio, whatever you like. God's life in man. That's what Christmas is about. God came to bring through His Son the greatest gift of all. That is what? That we can be reconciled to Him. We can be reconciled to Him. God's not mad at you. God's not out to get you. God's not out to condemn you. But here's the thing. There is a truth. And the truth is this. Everybody has sinned. The most, as wonderful as you are, as, as intelligent as you are, as gifted as you are, as all of those things which are good, we've still all sinned. That's what the Scriptures say. But the good news is this, that through Jesus, what? All can now be forgiven. Have you ever, in, in relationships, have you ever needed forgiveness? Boy, I have. Isn't it a good thing when you need it? that people are willing to give it. And isn't it a really hard thing, especially if it's somebody that you, you're close to, you love, or in family, where there's a, a, an issue and you need forgiveness and they won't give it? You know, a lot of families this time of year come together, but a lot of families don't come together just because of that very reason. Something's happened, somebody said something, somebody did something, it hurt somebody, and rather than giving forgiveness, we hold a grudge. I'd rather be right, think myself being right, than I had, what, having a right relationship with that special person. You know, God could have just set up in heaven and said, well, you had your chance I gave you every opportunity. You blew it. That's it. I'm God. I'm right. That's it. You've all had it. But he gave, us a, he gave us another chance. He gave us a second chance to be forgiven. And you know, uh, we should emulate that, shouldn't we? And I would encourage you, if there's, you know, if there's somebody like that, especially if it's a family member, but anybody that you're close to this Christmas season, and maybe there's issues there. Hey, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm people just like you. You know, I don't go up to heaven, you know, six days a week, and then I'm translated back down here. No, I live here just like you do. You know, this stuff is the same as your stuff. 
And so we deal with those issues sometimes, don't we? But I want to encourage you this Christmas season, if there's anyone in your family, maybe there's an issue there. Maybe you're the offended one. Maybe, you know, you're the one that was offended. Well, you know, Jesus said if that's the case, he said, you take the initiative and you go to your brother, your sister, or the family member, whoever it is. He says, you go to them first. He said, and you initiate and forgive them. You make it right. And you know, he gave us the parable, didn't he? Two men owned, owed a debt to the same man. One owed a debt of a million dollars. You know, and he called him in and said, you got to pay it. He said, well, I ain't got it, but, you know, give me time and I'll pay it back. How long would it take to pay back a million dollars? Take a while, wouldn't it? Would me. Now, you might just write the check. And it says his master forgave him. He just said he forgave him. That's, that's a whole lot of forgiveness, isn't it? A million dollars debt. And it said this same guy went out and a fellow servant owed him $10. And he wouldn't forgive him. He threw him into debtor's prison. See, you, got, you know, we don't want to be that way, do we? We don't want to be that second guy that we've forgiven a lot, but we're not going to forgive other people. So this Christmas season, as we think about the gift of Jesus, as we think about that He came, that we might be forgiven of our million-dollar debt. I'm not even sure if that would cover mine. Mine was bigger than that. But for a million-dollar debt, if He would forgive us of that, then what? How much more should we be willing to forgive by comparison the $10 that someone has offended us with, that somebody owes us? Let's let this be a season of new beginnings in our families, new beginnings with relationships, maybe with coworkers, with other people. Maybe, you know, just reach out to them. You say, yeah, but what if I reach out and, and you know, and they won't do this and they, and, you know, and they won't accept my forgiveness? Well, listen, you've cleared your conscience. You've done what you could do. But here's the thing. How do you know that maybe they're not ready Maybe they miss that relationship with you too. Maybe they really want to, to, to be back in relationship with you. It starts by what? Us being willing to forgive people. You know? I found this out. You know, if you carry a debt, you're the one that really is always worked up and, and upset and everything about it because you're, you're thinking about, you know, you're dwelling on about how they hurt you and what they did to you. But you know what? As soon as you release through forgiveness, what? You find a peace in your own life. Isn't that true? <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 11. Turn over there. BT, can you bring my elements up here? I forgot to bring them with me. Cindy's got them right there. If you didn't get the elements when you came through the door, if you raise your hand, if you want them, raise your hand, the ushers will give them to you. We're going to do family communion together. You know, this is a recognition. It's a recognition that the Word has been made flesh, that Jesus has come. That He was who He said He was and He is. 
That is, He is the Son of God. He came for a purpose to seek and to save those who were lost. That's all of us. He went to a place called Calvary, a cross. And there on that cross, He gave His life so that we could be forgiven of our sins and be reconciled to God. That's really, it really is not just the Easter message, that's the Christmas message too, isn't it? That's what it's about. And as we have this communion time together, that's what we're signifying. Our faith is in God. Our faith is in what Jesus has done. I'll read you one other scripture and we're going to share and pray. In Ephesians 2, he says this. He says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. The greatest thing that has or will ever happen in your life, we cannot boast about it. We cannot boast about it. It is by the grace of God that we are forgiven when we put our faith in Jesus. This morning, as we partake of these elements, we are reaffirming our faith in Jesus, in His finished work, in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. 1 Corinthians 11, let me read what Paul said here. He said, I received of the Lord and I passed it to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The Bible says that by his broken body, they beat him, they whipped him, they put the nails and the spikes through his hands and his feet, the spear in his side, and said that by his broken body, He has provided healing and wholeness for us. The crowns were a thorn were pressed in His brow that we might have the peace of God by faith in Him. Father, we thank You for the broken body of Jesus. Lord, this element representing His broken body. Father, we receive the peace of God that passes all understanding for our minds. We receive healing and wholeness for our bodies For you said that he bore our sicknesses and he carried our diseases and by stripes we are made whole. Let's eat together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus, as the spotless, perfect Son of God, he shed his blood at Calvary, and that blood eternally secured our forgiveness and our deliverance from sin when we put our faith in Him.
The Bible says that even now, the blood of Jesus in heaven is speaking as our advocate saying, we are forgiven. We are forgiven. This morning, whatever is troubling you, whatever may be troubling your your mind, your conscience, whatever it is, right now, as we partake of this cup, I want you to remember that Jesus shed His blood so that you could have peace, so that you could be right with God, and so that you need not feel guilty or condemned any longer. Father, thank You for the blood of Jesus, the precious blood, the blood that was shed for our sins, for our forgiveness, for our being brought into right relationship with You. Father, at this Christmas season, what a great gift You've given, the gift of Your Son. What a wonderful thing it is to know that we have peace with You. We have peace in our hearts. Our sins are forgiven. Heaven is our home. And we have You in our lives. Thank You, Father. Thank You. We receive all that the blood has purchased for us in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. You know, in just a moment, we're going to be dismissed. We're going to go our ways. We're going to go with our families. Hopefully you have some family or friends in town. We're going to enjoy fellowship and enjoy the good things of this season with our families and friends and different ones. And that's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing. But listen, let's go with the consciousness of what it's really all about. And that is that Jesus has come. Jesus has paid the price. He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. He's redeemed us from sin, and we have a future and a hope because of Him. And you know, for 2018, let me just say this, you know, listen, get your hopes up. You know, the world says, well, you know, we don't want to get our hopes up, but you do. I said, you do. You do want to get your hopes up. Amen? Who wants to go into 2018 thinking it's going to be the worst year I've ever had? Man. No, it's going to be the best year we've ever had. It's going to be new chapters in your life, new beginnings for many of you. Uh, You know, uh, moving into God's plan and purpose for our life individually and corporately. Amen? It's going to be good things coming ahead uh, for 2018. Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to dismiss you. Let you get back to your homes, your families. Maybe some of you have got to travel. We talked just a little bit about the Word made flesh. The Word made flesh. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. Today as we leave this place, we don't have some historical Jesus, some Jesus 
whose bones are somewhere rotting in a tomb, but we have a resurrected Savior who is alive, who's present in our lives, who's present in all our tomorrows and all our future. He has a plan and a purpose for us, and good things are in store for you. Good things in 2018. Amen? Father, as we go to our homes, to our, to our places uh, where we're going to celebrate uh, our Christmas, Father, with loved ones, with family, with friends, Father, I thank you that your peace and your presence are uh, upon us, that they guard our hearts and minds, that there will be a joy and a peace, Lord, like we've never experienced before. Lord, not just because of the giving and receiving of some natural gifts, but the realization of the great gift that we've received and that gift that we can give to others, the love, the forgiveness, uh, the joy we can pass on to others that has been given to us in this Christmas season. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I bless the people as they go. Amen and amen. Merry, Merry Christmas, a blessed season to you, and a great expectation for 2018. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.